Welcome to the She Yearns Podcast. I am Terry Strange, and I am so thankful you have joined us today. Thank you for being a part of this community. The She Yearns community exists to lead women to desire more of God in everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Welcome to the podcast. We are in the midst of a series, more than a blur, Making Motherhood Matter this summer. We took a week break that I did not announce previously. We have been on vacation as a family, and I honestly have been scurrying around trying to get everything done like you would be doing. And I got the podcast recorded and everything last week, and I just couldn't get it all done. So it was it was not up and available for you. We took the week off. We took the kids out to Big Bend in about 120 degree weather. We hiked and we river rafted down the the Rio Grande. We had tons of fun and it was just outdoorsy fun. But now we're back. We're back on track. I do apologize for not letting you know that in advance, but I didn't know it in advance. I didn't know I wasn't going to be able to get it all done. Just like you don't always know you're not going to be able to get it all done. Sometimes you just need to take a break and sometimes it's forced upon you because you are not all things to all people at all times. So I'm in the boat with you and here we go. Today we're going to talk about why moms should choose to fight. That doesn't sound like what you would normally hear but I'm going to explain it to you why I've chosen that train of thinking and I think it's going to make a lot of sense. If you do a quick Google search on any sort of fighting or dissension in families there is a lot of material out there. You probably don't need to look that far. It's maybe sitting on the floor in front of you or on the couch next to you or maybe like me you got a break it up sometimes, or it might be sleeping next to you in the bed with you sometimes. The Bible is pretty clear about how we're to relate to one another and how we're not to relate to one another. Before we can address why moms should choose to fight, we really need to make sure we understand what we're not fighting about. Colossians 3.8 says this, But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. That communicates pretty clearly what we're not supposed to be engaging in. What do you not fight about? We, as a general rule, I'm not saying we do this to perfection by any sense of the word, but as a general rule, we don't really allow fighting. I'm not saying that the boys can't roughhouse. I really prefer them not to do it on the furniture and not to do it in the house. They got to take it outside, but we don't allow them to fight in an argumentative sense or a very hands-on, they are angry with one another and this is how we're solving our problems sort of way. Not with words, not with actions, not with sentiment. That does not mean everybody keeps things bottled up inside. There's going to be ways that we have to learn to express our emotions, our thoughts, our needs, and our desires, albeit that don't cause bodily harm, relational damage that is difficult to repair, or physical damages within your midst. These must be modeled and they must be taught. Now, moms and dads, that's going to start with you, isn't it? And some of us don't start with a clean slate. Some of us come with baggage in this area. We didn't learn it the first time. We come with some bad experiences and we were sort of taught the way not to do this and we're having to unlearn some practices and I totally understand that but you and I are who they look to for how to learn to deal with these issues and the buck's going to stop here and new patterns and new ways of developing how to deal with these things are going to be learned with you. That's why you want to be 
very attentive to what the Bible says and how to deal with this. 2 Timothy 2.24 says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. So this is a very difficult part of being a believer in Christ, but also being a parent. I have difficult personalities that I have to deal with just like you do. This is what God calls us to. This is a monkey see, monkey do area. So you want to make sure that before you take this license to fight that I'm going to hand over to you, you and I understand what we don't have the freedom to fight for and what the responsibility is that God gives us in relationships. It's to be kind. It's to be able to teach. And it is to be patient with these difficult people in our lives. And it's going to take us to the grave. We're going to have to keep doing this. It's going to take everything we've got and more. It's what keeps us on our knees every day. It's what it keeps me on my knees. Do I need him every day to get through this? If you and I are going to make the most out of this season of our life, which is what we want to do, we must take the bull by the horns in this area. Recognize each one of us responds differently. And that's going to go for our children. I have a couple of kids that you just want to wring their little necks. But what they need is not that. They need the opposite of what it looks like they need and what it draws out of me as a parent naturally. It calls for patience. It calls for tenderness and for kindness, which is not what I normally would exude in those situations. But I've learned that's what they need. If I want to change the behavior, if I want to draw them in close, if I want to exhibit in them what needs to happen, it's not my natural inclination, but it's what I need to use to change the behavior. The goal here is to limit the dissension and the strife. So to do that, what we want to do is to fight for the spiritual tone in the home. The first way we do that is through teaching. Set the goal in front of you. It's not to be the cool mom. It's not to be the prettiest mom or the most successful at her internet home business. I can do it all, mom. Just like I said at the beginning of this episode, I really do try to get about 27 hours worth of activity in my 24 hours. We can't do it. We can't do it. That's not the goal. We have to be present with our families before we do all these other things we want to do. We are responsible for teaching them. We are to raise godly children. That's what we are to do in this season. If your goal is anything short of that, or if my goal is anything short of that, we're just going to need to stop and regroup and do something else. You and I are going to have to fight for the spiritual tone in our homes. Everything's fighting against it. Everything is telling us not to do it that way. We're going to have to find ways to teach our children. This is exactly what the Bible tells us to do in Deuteronomy 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your hearts. We know these things. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. We have done this in our house in a sundry ways through the years. These are three of my favorites right now. Besides what I just admitted to you, coming to a place where I'm just going to have to stop and turn my attention, limit my schedule, and make sure that my boundaries are in place for the things that God's called me to do in those kind of ways. But beyond that, how am I going to set the tone in my home for teaching along the biblical path? One of those ways is just Make sure that they're putting in place Bible reading. Not only is this a monkey see, monkey do time, we've got to make sure that 
you make it available to them and teach them how to do this. The easiest way to do this is through technology and, and whatever way you want to do that. We like version. Of course we like version. We're very into version. Whenever they are in their development, you can start them hearing or reading the Bible. However you want to do that. version is super easy because it's on your phone and it's on their device and it's free. Today you can play it in the car through the device. They also have a kid's version. It's called the Bible app for kids. There's lots of videos that are very easy for younger children to learn. My kids are now able to do this every day, but it takes a while and lots of discipline and teaching. Before that, I simply played the one-year Bible plan in an easy-to-understand version of the Bible, like the New Living Translation, that had a great audio version. I played it while they were getting ready for school or for the day, and so that's how we just threw in extra things for them before they could read on their own. We also build in time for them to do this during the day, just in their schedule. So those are things you can do to be teaching them. Another thing I just found, and I'm loving it so much, is called the Fighter version. App. This one does cost money, so it's not as awesome as version, but I do like it. It's wonderful. It does cost $2.99. You can download it from Amazon. It is for your Android or your iPhone type devices. It has Bible verses with games, songs to help you memorize the verses, songs for kids, songs for adults. It has word art. Now, some of the word art I prefer from version. You can make your own, so you can have a screenshot, something like that. It also has games on it, so it helps you memorize in a process. And you can add your own verses. I really like this because it causes you to put it in front of your face on the devices that you're carrying around with you. I just found it recently, but so far so good. We are loving it. So that's just a another thing, another element of getting the word and getting that tone set in your home. The other way that we really like to use teaching as a powerful element to set that tone is through nightly devotions and our prayer time. Every night, with few exceptions, we gather together, all of us, to read the Bible or a a devotional and pray together as a family. We set in, sometimes it's been in a bedroom, sometimes it's been in the den, sometimes it's in the living room, sometimes it's in the kitchen. It doesn't really matter. Wherever it is, it gives a forum for discussion about anything and everything. I cannot emphasize it enough. Pick a devotional. Whatever level your kids are, even if they're at different levels, pick one that everybody can grow from. Pick a book of the Bible. It doesn't really matter what you pick. You don't have to be a scholar, but getting a study Bible is super helpful. That's really all you need. Just read it. Just a little bit of it. Talk about it. See how it might apply today. And let God go from there. It's not rocket science. It's just a matter of coming together, getting on the same page, and allowing that opportunity for discussion. You don't have to know it all, but you have to discuss it and come together as a family. It's amazing what that time can mean. We also, as you set the spiritual tone in your home, they are going to be looking to you for what is acceptable and what is the goal. Therefore, you as the mom have such a great responsibility. At Psalm 101, 2 says, I will ponder the way that is blameless. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. You and I get to decide what is acceptable in the home. It's a great responsibility, especially as they're growing and they're bringing friends in 
in who also bring their stuff with them, such as technology. You get to decide what's allowed and when it's allowed, what language is taught, demonstrated, and permitted, what media is going to be shown, and what is going to be allowed, and what values are embraced. All of these things help set the tone, and you have so much responsibility in how that is going to be shaped. For the Christian mom, you're going to be going against societal norms. You're basically going upstream at every turn, which means you are going to need to fight on all fronts. Don't be afraid to set the spiritual tone that allows you to walk blameless in your own home. Pray about it. Talk to your spouse and make adjustments as needed. You don't have to worry about being the cool mom or doing what the other friends, parents are doing. I don't care who they are. Do what you feel like the Lord is telling you to do. It can be different than even the other Christian parents in your circle. It's okay. If you're not comfortable with it, that's generally the Holy Spirit telling you, I don't think this is going to work in my house. Just go with that because that's usually the most accurate thing to do. The other thing we fight for is for your marriage. We fight for our marriages. During this phase of life, the urgent things often take over the important. That includes your marriage. There are four things that I think will help you fight for your marriage, particularly in this season. Number one, you can call it whatever you want to, but we call it daddy first. Children tend to take over. (laughs) That means taking over the house, your time, your energy, and they want first place. They can't help it. They just do, but it's not theirs to take. The marriage relationship is first. They need to see you and your spouse live out this principle. Your lives cannot just be about the kids. The kids will leave when the season is over. You want your relationship with your spouse to be better than ever when that happens. Not to mention the security that you will create and demonstrate for your kids because they will have seen you demonstrate what a secure marriage looks like and how that's lived out. When you get back together from the busyness of your day, however that looks in your house, spend a few minutes just focused on each other. Make the kids respect this few moments. Teach them something like, Daddy first, or mommy first, whatever you want to call it, start with a few minutes and then you can maybe build up to 15 minutes or whatever time limit you need. It's enough to communicate to your spouse and to the children, you matter to me, I love you, I'm interested, here's how the craziness of the day has been and I'm so glad we're in this together. And then you can move on. But you want to do that first and communicate that to your spouse. Another thing you want to continue to do is date your spouse. If you haven't been doing that, you really want to put that in place. This is not new information. It's not rocket science. But you do want to be reminded of it and try to get that in place. It's just fitting. To make this season of life meaningful, you still need to be able to go out with your spouse and be a real person. Do what you can. It doesn't have to be fancy. Trade evenings with a set of friends or try to get out at least, I don't know, once every other week would be so awesome if you could do that. If you can swing once a week, you are a super chick. But once every other week would be really great. It's important for your spouse and to you to receive the attention from the other one. He wants to know you are still his wife and you need to know you are still beautiful to him and you need to need that time together and not just the 
the mother of the children. So uh, talk about it and see how you can work it out financially and with the nitty gritty. So uh, date your spouse. Another thing you want to do is nurture and mend. Marriage is hard. You are not always going to see things the same way. Often you won't. That's okay. You want to be ready and able to work out your differences. So as you fight for your marriage, this is part of it. Fight to nurture and mend the relationship, however that needs to be done. The other thing you want to do is get help when you need it. Sometimes the needs are greater than what I'm talking about here today. Seek out godly professional counsel when you need it. And sometimes you need it. That is okay. And not only is it okay, it's exactly the thing to do. Don't be afraid to get the help that you need. But make sure it's godly professional counseling when you do need it. The last thing we're going to talk about for today is to fight for your children. Children receive love when we do whatever it takes to accept them, to nurture them, and to protect them. And I don't mean to do their battles for them, but there will be times when they need to know that you have their backs. I'm not justifying and excusing bad behavior so that they don't feel consequences, but when a true injustice against which they have no power comes, they need to know that you will stand up. Uh, We have a daughter right now, something came up, and she said, Mom, This is a time when I need you to step in and take care of it. And we have sort of some codes that they use. Everybody has a code so that we know when they use this code, that is code for, I am not comfortable with this. I need you to deal with it and take take my back. (laughs) And, And so we know to do that. And that's totally the relationship we've developed with them. They need to know that you can do this. We have several examples that I could use. We've had to see this play out because they need it. A parent is called upon to fight for the child on different occasions in different situations. One that really stood out to me was with one of our adopted children. We had just started her in public school. One of the teachers was not so thrilled about having a non-English speaker in her classroom. After about three days, I was getting a series of notes. She wanted to have a conference saying she was falling terribly behind. And I was thinking, it's the third day of school. How behind could she be? And she's an English language learner. Of course, she's not going to be on grade level with the other kids. But nonetheless, I understood what she was saying. I've been an educator and I've been in that environment. Needless to say, it did not go very well. (laughs) What she wanted was to remove my child, not only from the classroom, but move her down a grade level solely because she did not know English. In my state, that is illegal. It just so happened that I showed up to the meeting with a copy of the state law. I refused to have her removed and then had another meeting with the principal and the assistant superintendent explained with all of the documentation that this was just a legal matter. It was not personal and these were just the facts. We were not going to do this. She did not need to be moved down a grade. And the principal And the authorities there just kind of looked at the evidence and said, would you like to move her to another classroom? I have the perfect teacher. (laughs) And so we did. And that's how we took care of it. What was so telling was that my little daughter, who could barely speak English, she saw the notes coming home from the teacher. What she could recognize was that it was her fault. She would just look at me and say in her broken English, she says, Mommy, I don't know. I, I don't know. All I could do was say, it's okay. It's okay. 
okay, what she knew was she was a problem. And I had to communicate to her, no, you're not a problem. It's going to be okay. So when we made the move and got her situated within about 48 hours of doing that, somehow that communicated. We had her back. We took care of it. It was okay. And she was okay. What was amazing was this was the child that was not connecting very strongly with the family. She was holding back. She was very shy. She was very timid. And something about our stepping in and doing this, that child was glued to me. She understood we had her back. We were fighting for her. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. They desperately need to know that you have their back at times when they can't do anything. They are not capable of taking care of things that need to be taken care of. This is a beautiful season, this mom season that you're in. God has given us prime responsibility to be overseers and to experience part of Him that we would miss if we were not able to do this. It is not to be missed. It is not to be neglected. And it's not to be mismanaged. The Word of God is full of instruction and good ways of leading us into how to raise godly children. I pray that you will choose to fight in this season and understand what we're not fighting for and fight for the right things. I pray that God gives you the courage to fight for the tones in your home, to fight for your marriage, and to fight for your children, that you will have many blessings as you do it. And I'm so thankful that you have come along with me for the summer and that you will take a break too. I hope you have a nice break with your kids and your family and you will do fun things along the way. And I will see you next time for more in this series of More Than a Blur, Making Motherhood Matter. Thank you again for tuning in today. We will be releasing a new episode every week. I would invite you to become a subscriber. And it really makes a difference when you share something here that you find helpful or encouraging. You make an impact. You may never understand the value or difference your suggestion or encouragement made in the life of a friend or casual acquaintance just by passing a resource along. So please share what you find here with others. I would personally be grateful. Don't hesitate to like us on Facebook or Twitter or leave a review. For more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful encouragement, please go to www.sheyearns.com where you will find reading plans, articles, and other resources to help stir a desire for God into your everyday life.